Welcome back to Talk and Supercoach with Streety and Oz. This is going to be the shortest podcast we release this year. And I'm very confident in saying so because it's time to chat Ruckman, Streety. We um, we just finished recording actually our midfield show and said, well, we've got a spare 20 minutes. That will be more than enough to cover off the Ruckman in 2021 because unlike last year where I think there were some people that were willing to get pretty crazy with uh, some mid prices and some flexibility and all that sort of stuff, I genuinely see that there are only five Ruckman that should at any point be in your team and one of them is a 102K Ruck forward, Streety. So, do you feel any different? And uh, if so, why? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, mate. There's three players to talk about. So, yeah, it should be a pretty short show. But uh, having said that, uh, there is it's a pivotal line, and mm. it's probably one that changes the rest of your team the most, depending on what option you go for. Whether you go set forget with Gorn and Grundy. Uh, or you go down the Pruce option. Uh, so yeah, I think they're they're the three that we are no doubt going to talk about. Unless you have some uh, some left field suggestions in there. No, the only other one is Rowan Marshall, obviously, but we'll get to him probably in the forwards show um, because if you are picking him, I would strongly advise you pick him as a forward and not as a starting ruck. You're right, mate. You are right. So why don't we, I guess, that before we dive into each one of the players individually, I think there are a lot of people that are potentially feeling burned coming into season 2021 about picking mid-price rucks. There were a few that were tempting Naismith and Sam Jacobs were the obvious two at the start of last year. We know how both of those turned out. Uh, I I know all too well how they turned out. Um, And then we also had other players that were tempting. It wasn't a ruck forward, but Darcy fought as a just a forward that was a ruckman and a sole ruckman, and we got very excited about that. The thing that's getting me this year is – Bruce, that is what the buzz is. He's basically coming in to be number one Ruckman. Almost everyone just thinks Mumford can't play anywhere else, so it's not like they're going to play two Rucks. Bruce has proven historically that he can score well when he's given that role. He's younger than Jacobs was, who was essentially past it by the time he went up there. He's still sort of in his late 20s and at his prime for a Ruckman. I guess the big question is, are we feeling brave again after being burnt last year and going for a mid-pricer? And should we, first of all? And secondly, is this any different um, than last year or are we just making the same mistake again? There's a lot to unpack there, mate. I think uh, Bruce is a great pick. I really like the pick. But for me personally, I don't like it more than picking Gorn and Grundy. So I think that's the that's the challenge that I face and the challenge that a lot of super coaches face. Like I think that mid-price uh, or rookie ruck strategy has worked a number of times in the past um, with Wits, with Steph Martin. Uh, there, there's one or two others that I can't think of off the top of my head. And to be honest, it would have worked with Naismith if we didn't have a bloody two-month break between round one yeah. and round two. That is uh, true. Because Gorn got himself fit during that time. And uh, Naismith uh, obviously got injured. So, yeah, it's one of those ones that I'm found my time again. Uh, as much as I hated the Naismith pick, um, I would have probably gone down the same route uh, yep. because Gorn was injured going into round one. So, yeah, I think last year probably can't scare you off it. Um, however, it can scare you off not having Max Gorn. Uh, because, and I know you have uh, Max and Proust, but I would say that is relatively rare. I'd say most people would go Grundy 
and Proust, and we can mm-hmm. talk about the the Gorn v uh, versus Grundy thing in a minute. But yeah, I just my one is I just can't go without Max. Having gone without him two years in a row now, so year before traded him to Mumford, disaster. Last year didn't have him, disaster, uh, because he's just so capable of monster scores. And I know once again, similar to Lockie Neal, like he's not going to average what he averaged last year, uh, but I reckon he could very well go close. Um, or the more important point is, with his easy draw to start the year, he could very well average that sort of 140 over the first nine to 10 weeks. So even if he only averages 130 for the year, the damage has been done. Uh, so yeah, at the moment I've got Gordon Grundy and to be honest, I've had Gordon Grundy after probably the first week of super coach uh, where I put Bruce in straight away. So I was like, like the pick, he's going to be good. Uh, he allows you to do a lot more of your team at 300 K price bracket. If we're talking about Miller and Haitley and Heppel and all those players, Bruce is by far the best option, uh, but I'm not willing to sacrifice one of those two others for him. Yeah, it's a pretty good summary, mate. I think the uh, I, I agree with everything you said. The reason Proust currently is in my team with Gorn, and I, I take your point that it is probably a bit of an unusual combination. We'll start off with Gorn, perhaps. I I actually let let me put it this way: when Gary Ablett was in his prime and averaging nearly 140 and was 700 and you know 50 odd k at the start of the year, did you pick Gary Ablett? Uh, yeah, well, I didn't. I tried to be clever a few years in a row. Uh, <laughs> Did you regret not picking Gary Ablett? Absolutely. It's a disaster. Yeah, and, and that's where I am at with Gorn because I, I actually think he will go pretty close to what he's done this uh, last year. Last year he had a patch where he was injured and he was playing footy mm-hmm. or he was at the very least sore. This year, from all reports, anyway, the you know crappy articles that we get, say he's absolutely flying. Yep. He's captain of that club, so mm-hmm. he's a very proud individual. Any you know, potential secondary Ruckman playing is out the window. Your backup Ruck's probably going to be, you know, whichever of Wiedemann and Ben Brown you can actually get on the park, which is none of them, but, you know, one of those sorts of players. I think he averages nearly 140 again, and I'm just viewing him as potentially 10 points clear, if not more, than any other player in Supercoach this year, potentially even 15 points. And so I've, I've just taken the approach of he is going to be Likely my captain every single week, obviously, with some loopholing in there, um, and I just can't go without him. I've then taken the step and gone, all right, well, it's it's obviously Grundy was underperforming last year. Um, he still managed to score 120 despite copying it from all angles and saying he was playing terrible. So uh, that just goes to show his scoring potential. But I worry a bit more about him. He's got the big contract. He's got, you know, a million bucks a year for the next five or six years or whatever it is locked away. Darcy Cameron, they invested a fair bit in and they were even playing him over Grundy in key moments late last year. And I don't think that'll, you know, be the way it starts this year. But there, there is that looming that is still there. Uh, and Grundy, I don't think, is the sort of player that can go back and take intercept marks like Max or go forward and kick a goal like Max. Um, and so I just don't think the scoring potential is as high as people seem to think it is, which means that I've, I've turned to Proust and it's a very small sample size. So, you know, make of it what you will, but in the four games that he has played solo ruck, he's averaged a tick over hundred, about 105, I think, and about 36 hit outs a game. Cause he's an absolute Goliath. And there was 140 in there as well. Now, if he averages 105, it's a brilliant pick. And I don't think he does that, but you know, if you can get 95, out of Braden Proust, I just feel safer almost with that than Grundy, which feels weird to say, but uh, I, that's just where my head is perhaps for 
25 points to save, you know, 350 grand. Um, yeah. What, what do you reckon? Oh, yeah, I don't know, mate. I think, um, I mean, I almost look at Grundy's season last year and just be like, wow, if that's his floor, then, uh, you know, he's just a, almost a, a no-brainer to select yeah. based on the fact that uh, I don't think he'll be worse than last year. So, and to be honest, last year he was averaging 126 up to around 10. So mm. uh, he just finished the year relatively slowly. So, yeah, it's it's one of those ones that if you are going down the Proust option, you have to nail that extra money uh, on those other lines because you will be losing. I know you said 2025, but I think that's pretty optimistic. Uh, 30 to 35 points per game on, on those two other boys. So, yeah, it's... Um, I don't know. I once again, I really like the Proust pick, but I just can't pick him over those other two. And Proust does have like not the, he does have Max and then Grundy in rounds three and four, and that's not ideal mm. because you sort of want him to start the season those first seven eight rounds really well to be able to make him a, a priority upgrade. So yeah, to have a couple of those bigger boys and then you know Riley O'Brien round seven, um, mm. it's just not the best ruck run. I think people also are getting a little bit carried away with Bruce uh, because that sample size that you mentioned, it's great 104, but it's four games. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he hasn't proven and he's had multiple opportunities now, hasn't proven that he can you know be fit enough to you know run out games of football. Uh, he hasn't had to do it. So yeah, I mean, there's plenty of uh, scenarios where those sorts of players have ended up doing well when they finally get that number one ruck position. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there's heaps of examples where it doesn't either. So yeah, I think there's, um, he's definitely capable and it wouldn't surprise me if he does sort of, sort of average a hundred. Um, but it also wouldn't, if he only did 90 and yeah, as I said, with those other two available, if the points they churn out VCC each week, Chuck Lockie Neal in there, um, yeah, you, you just need Bruce to work. Yeah, there are alarm bells. That's for sure. There are alarm bells. And the the main difference that I genuinely see from Proust to, say, a Sam Jacobs from last year is just the age and where he sits. I'm just banking on Proust getting better as he gets to his late 20s and he gets that opportunity. He's shown the scoring potential and he's a bit of a bigger ruckman as well. So even if he gets four touches a game, he's likely to get 30, 35 hit outs and has that really nice floor that you need. But you're right, it, passing up on Grundy, who realistically goes better than last year, up near more like 125, 130. Grundy's missed three games of footy in five years and none in the last three years as well. He just plays. He actually scored more points than Max Gorn last year um, when you factor in the games that Gorn missed. So <laughs> when everyone gets upset about the fact that Grundy's looking sore and slow and, and everything like that, just, still, just keep that plays. in mind. <laughs> it's, it's, it's scary how good he is. But your last point about the fact that he was flying up until round 10 is the exact reason that at the moment I do have, do have Bruce in there. My concern is that that was not necessarily just a, a um, bad patch, but more of a tipping point for him and his love of footy and everything else. I worry I would be happier if his first 10 rounds last year sucked and he came home like a train because those last few games where Darcy Cameron started to get a lot of game time and, um, uh, sort of only 20 or so hit outs were going Grundy's way for each one of those games, that makes me nervous. That's where um, it does really worry me. The thing to keep in mind, though, if you pick Grundy and after two weeks, Bruce is flying and Grundy is not, you can get Bruce. If it goes the other way and Bruce is stinking it up and Grundy's flying, you can't get Grundy. 
It's very hard. Yeah, I think similar to the Lockie Neal pick for me, I've had two seasons ruined by the fact that I couldn't afford to get Max in. It dictated my trade plans for so long. Had to trade bloody three players to be able to afford uh, Max because I did start Grundy those years. Uh, So, yeah, I'm just not willing to go through that again. Um, And I just can't see it not working out for those who do go Max and Grundy. Like, even if Paris is really good, like sure, they've you know had an advantage in the fact that they got him for 300k, uh, but you know one of those two would have to get injured really for um, you to be worse off, which you know, you can't predict that. So that's just yeah, pure luck. Well, look, I think if you had to, let, let's go to this point. We're going to do a ranking show later on before the start of the season, but I think we're both pretty clear on who will be our top two ruckman. Do you? And what do you think Gorn goes? What do you think Grundy goes? And what do you think Bruce goes, mate? If you had to throw a, a rough number at it, average wise. Uh, yeah, I reckon Max will go 133, mm-hmm. uh, Grundy 125, and Bruce, see, Bruce is over the course of the season. I reckon it'll only be like a maybe a 93, 94, but I do think mm-hmm. he'll start, despite the fact that I just said he's got a tough run, he will start the year better than he'll finish it because I reckon he'll run out run out of gas. So run out of juice. maybe we'll average close to 100 over those first 10 rounds. Um, but yeah, over the course of the season, I think he'll drop off. Yep. No, I'm I'm pretty aligned there. I, I think Gorn maybe a little bit more even. I've got him more about 136, 137. I reckon 125 is about right for Grundy and maybe 90, high 80s to 90 perhaps for Proust. If anything more than that, you're really starting to uh, starting to kid yourself. If he's able to compete with the likes of Jared Witts um, and even get up near like Scott Lysette type numbers, you will take that every single day of the week and whether or not that's a win for you is TBC because it does depend on whether or not Grundy absolutely flies. Mm. Is there anyone else that we should throw up there, mate? I mean, in our opinion, we've been very clear about the fact that we don't think anyone else is relevant. The next Ruckman or keeper Ruckman anyway with any sort of ownership are Nick Natanui and Sam Draper at 8%. I'll, maybe I'm happy to kick off with Nick Nat. I think – Picking him is a ridiculous decision based on how well he went last year with the shorter quarters. We know how careful they are with him, and I know he got through the year and maybe he plays more game time and that sort of thing. Just too risky for me. Yeah, I I just can't see. He was cheaper last year. Uh, That's why people went him. But, Mm. yeah, he's just one that misses games. Um, He's not in the same league as Max and, and Grundy, so you'd almost be picking him as a, stepping stone, but he's 594K. So, yeah, I don't think you'd do that. So, yeah, he's a, he's a no for mine. Um, Tim English is probably the only other one that if Steph Martin hadn't gone there, like he's capable of potentially matching those other guys eventually, but it's probably still a couple of seasons too early. Uh, and then, yeah, for me, you'd drop down to sort of the the ones around the Proust price. Um, like Tom Hickey at 260K, I'd say will be the number one ruck for Sydney. Uh, so, you know, he, he's another one he could go, but once again, he'd go Proust over him and, you know, once they're, they're not going to compete with Max and Grundy. So it's pretty boring, but uh, they're, yeah, they're, they're really only three for mine. Yep. 
I think if you're thinking about anyone else, I think have a second thought about it. Riley O'Brien, I've seen getting some buzz, but again, what, like why? There's there's just no point. Yeah, he'll be good, but it's uh, there are better options everywhere. If you want a real roughie, the only real roughie that I, uh, well, who am I kidding? I have no interest in whatsoever, but the one that does have sort of some merit in my mind is Toby Dan Curvis, just because Soldo's out for an extended period of time. Nank has proven... Uh, particularly in longer games, that he can be a bit influential around the ground. He's not a great tap ruckman because he's quite small, but he's one that could get up to, you know, near 100 again. But, again, like there's just no point in picking these sorts of players. Um, It's a shame because it means the ruck line is rather boring. But, uh, yeah, there's just no one else, mate. Nah, I think the only other thing you could do is obviously you chuck Rowan Marshall in there and you – uh, mm-hmm. you know, you get a get a forward, a, a midfielder, or a backman instead of uh, your, your Grundy, your Gorn, or your, your Proust. But you know, if I if you had, if I had to name my you know say top five players, I would have picked in Supercoach. Would probably gone you know I don't know Lockie Neal, Gorn, Grundy, Laird, Proust. So there you go. You got three rucks in that top five, which is why this is a difficult decision. Yep, I reckon that's a pretty good summary. Except Josh Kelly should replace Lockie Neal. Why don't we cut to uh, what has been a disastrous segment, if I'm honest, mate, of recent uh, recent episodes. We took a quick break when we finished the mid-show to give you a second to plan and research and come up with something. Who is joining your stable this week? And please tell me it's at least someone or something. Uh, yeah, mate. Yeah, no, I must admit, uh, you know, I didn't deliver the goods about half an hour ago, but I'm back. <laughs> Um, and I, it, it is, it is difficult at the moment because there's, there's no football at the moment. And, you know, because we had to do all this filler content last year, uh, cause there was no football each week and we did those retrospective shows. I named a lot of stable members, uh, that I would have hopefully yeah, had up my through. sleeve for a rainy day. Um, but anyway, I'm going to go, going to get a little bit left field this week. Uh, so we got a new kitten recently. Uh, oh. don't, don't know if you know, uh, but yeah, we, uh, we, welcomed a new kitten into the family and she was the fifth kitten in a litter. You had a bit of backstory behind this, uh, this stable member. She was the fifth kitten in the litter. So uh, Carly was calling, she's my, my partner. Uh, Carly was calling her five, uh, which, you know, I was like, that's a shit name. Uh, didn't like the name five. Uh, so I was like, Ooh, why don't I add my favorite Jedi master to that uh, and call her Obi five instead oh. of, Obi One, uh, and that is her name now. Uh, she's called Obi Five. Fantastic name, if I do say so myself. Even though she's a girl, and uh, she's named after obviously the fact that she is the fifth kitten in the litter. Uh, but she's also named after uh, Jedi Master Obi Wan Kenobi, who is my favorite Jedi uh, and a member of Stridi's stable. So I think that you know, watching Mandalorian, everyone's talking about Star Wars of late. Uh, you know, I've been playing a bit of Star Wars Battlefront uh, during COVID. So I just thought I'd uh, I'd shout out my favourite Jedi, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> He's an absolute jet. Oh, I wanted to be positive. I really I came into this one wanting to be positive and be supportive and change the vibe from last week. <laughs> Streety, we're trying to keep listeners, mate. We're trying to build the profile of this show. I'm, and- adding, a bit, I'm adding a bit of pop culture into it. So, so would we call it pop culture? Would we? What? I haven't seen The Mandalorian. I haven't seen any of it. 
Well, Obi Wan Kenobi isn't from the Mandalorian. No, no, your Star Wars knowledge that, that poor. No, I, I genuinely haven't seen any of the new ones. Seen the episodes one through six, but I'll just have to take your word for the all the other stuff. But yeah, no, sure, okay. Um, so just to clarify, it's not Obi Wan we're adding; it's Obi Five to the stable, or is Obi Wan already in there? Obi Wan's already in there. Um, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna add my own kitten to the stable. Uh, but my kitten's name is Obi Five. So you go. But are you not going to add your uh, the kitten to the stable, or are you adding the kitten to the stable? No, I'm not. But Obi Wan Kenobi is in the stable. Okay, right, got you. Well, I hope you understood that, uh, everyone listening, because I sure didn't. Uh, Obi Wan Kenobi added to the stable. Uh, all right, mate. So uh, that's going to be tough to beat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and oh, uh, to be honest, you know, you talk about me coming off some bad form. You talked about an article that no one's heard of last week. <laughs> Sorry, last podcast as you know, Oz is off them. Um, so yeah, you're not doing much better, but uh, it has been probably you know 35 minutes. So you've got some, you've had some time to think about it. So what what have you got for us now? Uh, first of all, I did quite like the fact that you took some real life things into your stable, mate. I, I did like the use of the kitten and the story. Like the story wasn't great, but I like what you tried to do. Uh, and just to clarify, I, mate, I got Eddie Maguire sacked. That's pretty good. No, you also, did, you? you've, you've started the year well, but last week was terrible. Yeah. Last, okay. Last all right. Well, it's, I don't know that you'll be any happier with this one, but sure, we'll go for it. Um, obviously, in, uh, in Victoria, uh, we are back in lockdown, snap lockdown for the next little bit. My Oz is off is uh, my partner and I had a week away plans, just a bit of a workcation go down the coast. We can all work from anywhere at the moment. So we were just going to work digitally uh, down from Apollo Bay and get some sea and some sun. Went, uh, when a lockdown was announced, um, obviously could not do that on account of uh, we had to stay at home. Called him up, explained the situation. There's literally nothing I can do about it because we are being put in lockdown, but had to pay an exorbitant three-figure fee to move the dates of our accommodation, despite the fact it was literally no choice of ours whatsoever and it was uh, government-mandated period of time. I couldn't believe it. I got on the phone. We had numerous emails back and forth. I understand that these businesses can't do refunds, and I was more than happy with that, happy to move the times, keep the price as it was, but we had to pay a three-figure fee to change the dates on something because the state went into lockdown. I am completely off Airbnb gouging money out of people for that. I think that is a ridiculous way of handling things. If they had have just said, absolutely, waived all their fees, I would be talking positively about them to everyone and anyone Mm. and pumping them up. Instead, they have absolutely lost me. So I am completely off Airbnb taking advantage of people having to cancel and rearrange their trips, Streety. Yeah, it's really poor, isn't it? I actually uh, had my own situation where I was meant to go to Sydney for work next week and booked an Airbnb, even though that's not part of our travel policy. I wanted to treat myself to a night at Bondi. Uh, so I went against that, got an Airbnb. Bondi Penthouse was going to be ace. Uh, and, you know, obviously the COVID thing happened, so I couldn't go. So I was like, shit. Uh, here I uh, have to explain the fact that, because I did look on Airbnb and staggeringly, as you pointed out, uh, they don't have a COVID policy. So uh, to be honest, that, that's just absolute bullshit. Like they should be encouraging people to uh, of course. You know, want to travel and book things and um, give back to an industry that has struggled so much, areas of Australia and Victoria that have struggled so much. Um, so anyway, I actually messaged the host of my apartment 
um, it was like, this is the situation. Um, I played the card of, I did want to book through Airbnb as opposed to going to a big hotel chain to support, uh, you know, everyone in the scenarios. And thankfully they gave me a full refund, oh, wow. uh, but that's what they did. It wasn't what Airbnb did. So mate, yeah, that, that's, um, that's staggeringly poor. Um, and to the point that, I mean, yeah, if I was you, I don't think I'd use MB being Airbnb again. Yep, there's a line straight through them. Stays, if you want to get on board, this uh, podcast will pump you up as much as you want. Any of the other providers, please hit us up because Airbnb are well and truly in the bad books. Uh, I am completely off them. Um, Stretty, that'll just about do us for the rucks. Uh, we probably even went too long because we could have summed it up in about three minutes. But, um, yeah, any final thoughts for those uh, on the ruck line? Uh, no, not really. I think it's, uh, as I said, yeah, if you pick if you pick Bruce, just uh, make sure you use those dollars wisely because Gorn and Grundy will dominate. Yep. I th- also would say the only, the only way we differ a bit, I think, from the general public is – I think Gorn is the 100% no-brainer must-pick. So it's either Gorn and Grundy or Gorn and Pruce in my mind, not Grundy and Pruce, uh, because if you do that, good luck getting Max Gorn in at some point during the year. Um, and it's going to be hard enough to get Grundy, but Gorn is going to be very difficult. That's, um, uh, that's just coming from someone, though, who's been uh, burnt, burnt a lot. In the past. Yeah, yep. Of course. But, uh, hey, my opinion is my opinion. And to hear more of uh, our opinions, uh, make sure you stay tuned in and we'll be in your ears again next week.